day 31. I am in my bunker in the Ukraine with Zelensky. And he's gone full rogue, everybody. I'm, I'm sad to report that it's, it's gotten pretty wild in here. He went from telling one-liners to, as, as a comic, he's got to step it up a little bit. He's gone from one-liners to just telling straight-up yo mama jokes. I mean, he started the other day with just the, the, the hack shit of, oh, your mama's so fat when she sits around the house. She sits around the house. And now he's just gone raw. There's not even a punchline. He's just digging into my mother. He's like, your mama, he said the other day, he's like, your mama's so fat that she breaks sofa. I, I'm like, that's, that's not even a joke. That's just you telling false information. I thought that's what we're fighting, misinformation. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very unimpressed lately. I do think that he's an admirable man, but I mean, he's got to step his comedy game up. He's going to step it up. And I, I was open and honest with him. As a comic, you, you really do have to find time to tweak your shit. Now, I know that you have your hands full at the moment, Mr. Zelensky, but you do need to just, I mean, you got to get your, your premises right and, and then the punchline's straight. You can't just, you can't just settle for mediocrity. I mean, you have to find, I'm sure that you have a lunch break during this thing as, as horrific and as terrible as it is, but you do need to just find time to just, just do some revisions. All right. I understand that you're busy, but comics have to make, in, in order to hone their craft, they have to make some sacrifices at times. Like they have to, I mean, I, I know comics who are doing double shifts at an Arby's. They're, they're serving, you know, the big Montana burger. I don't even know if that's still there, but that's, you know, they're just serving beef sandwiches. But in the meantime, they, they still find time to, to sit in, in a bathroom without even a working sink. And they just, they're just writing on their phone. They're going, okay. So, you know, they're, they're just, they're just going through their material, just trying to revise it. It didn't work last time. What do I have to do to change it? Okay. So, uh, my penis has a red dot on it. Yeah, I went to the doctor and she said, hey, that looks like ketchup. Okay, that's not going to work. Scrap that. And they're doing it that way. If you really care about comedy and want to make it as a comic, Zelensky, you will step up. You, you, will, you will, again, work on your stage presence and do all those things, but you just got to tweak it a little bit. You can't just go digging into my, my mother. I mean, it's just, it's getting to be too much. It's getting to be too, it, it's, you know, your mother is so fat that she went to gas station to buy Coca-Cola, but she would not fit through door. That's, that doesn't, there's nothing there. That's just attitude. There's nothing, where's the, you know, there's got to be an oomph to it. There's got to be a, an emotional sort of, it's just it's it's just bare. It's hollow. Funny guy, though, is this Zelensky. Like, given all the shit that he's been through and all these things, funny guy. He's just he has a dark sense of humor, though. Very, you know, he it caught me off guard during these last thirty-one days. I mean, I mean, the the other day he recited the whole first five minutes of Eddie Murphy's Delirious, and everybody was just kind of standing back, going, "Okay." I mean, that was nineteen eighty-seven. 
let's step it up to 2020. I mean, that would shock the Russians. He came in wearing like a full-on red leather suit. I don't know. He was trying to like up the morale of, uh, I suppose, the troops. But nobody really got it. Except for me. Except for me, because I was raised on, on Eddie Murphy. But, well, sort of. Dr. Doolittle was my shit back in 1998. But, I don't know. I, I remember watching Delirious when I was a teenager and enjoying it. And I'm, I'm glad that he, it resonated with me. But I'm really not the one to resonate with. Uh, I'm kidding around. I don't know why. I, I got I to gotta do more of a... I got to do more of a Zelensky impression because he, he, he does not sound like the... He sounds more like this. He sounds more... He sounds like Harvey Firestein. Remember the guy from Mrs. Doubtfire? The, the guy who plays the, the brother? The, his, um, his makeup brother? Like whatever the guy who does his makeup in the movie? He sounds like that. Um, he sounds like Harvey Firestein if he just ate packs of Pall Malls. I am here, Mr. Putin. I am if you want me, come and get me. Like that. I don't know. No, but in all seriousness, I stand with the Ukrainian people. Or you, Ukrainian people, excuse me, I didn't mean to say the Ukraine. I don't know. Apparently that's... I'm, only, I'm joking, okay? These are all just ha-has. I am a maker of jokes, jokey jokes. Of course I hate what's happening. I don't like it. And hopefully they will teach this in schools. Hopefully they will teach... We didn't learn enough about Russia in school. We didn't learn enough about the Soviet Union. We didn't learn really anything about the Soviet Union. We kind of thumbed it, right? We, we, we heard who like the Bolsheviks were, but it was just a paragraph. I think it's a little more of a significant... The Soviet Union was a significant event, and we learned none of it in high school history. It was just always kind of one note. You would always, you know, it was just always a teacher with a fuck Hitler tramp stamp who would just be writing on the chalkboard, okay, today we're going to be talking about the fur trade. Fuck the fur trade. I saw The Revenant, okay? It's been covered. If you want to teach your kids about the fur trade, just show them the movie where DiCaprio gets mauled by a grizzly. And then you're good. Let's move on to, and again, you should always talk about Hitler and the Third Reich. You should always teach about the dangers of that. Hitler was a piece of shit. I can't believe I even have to preface that at this point. But you should also balance it out. Like, let's, you know, you're spending so much time talking about World War II, you're forgetting to talk that, to mention that there was literally a mustache-twirling villain named Joseph Stalin. Literally a guy with a fucking raccoon under his nose who was starving people and taking families out of their homes and fucking shooting them and taking guys off to, to Siberia and the Gulag and shit like that. Like, you, that's rich. Not really rich. That's the wrong word. But that's, that's history that people need to know. And this was 70 years of this shit. Stalin died in 1953, but it, it kept going. And people need to learn about these things. That's all I'm saying. Just fucking spread the history a little bit. It's wild. 
So the masks are off. The mask mandate has been lifted in Ontario, and I don't know about other parts of Canada, but I'm, I, I really only care about the place that I'm in currently, in Ontario. And it's been lifted, and uh, it was lifted Monday on the 21st, I think at midnight. I don't know who was really going out on midnight on a Sunday, Monday morning. But, I don't know, they, they could have maybe done it at 8 a.m. I think we could have held out a little bit longer, only eight hours longer. I don't really know who's, I don't know, maybe a guy going to the gas station. A lot of, a lot of shady gas station deals happening at 12 a.m. Nothing good happens at a gas station at 12 a.m. Particularly with these, all these gas prices. I have to say that I am a little bitter that I do not have to spend money at the pump. I have friends that are literally going bankrupt because they're paying $100 a tank. Some of them have to just get $25. They, they, just, they literally fill up a quarter tank, and then that's their week. They have to drive at 20 kilometers an hour on the highway. Everybody just thinks they're stoned, but in reality, they're like, no, I'm just trying to preserve the fuel. I have a two-hour drive to just get to the next town. But no, I don't drive in the city. I don't have a car in the city. The only time I drive is when I'm back at my parents' place in Mississauga. I'm a subway dweller. I take the subway every. I ride the iron horse everywhere. So I'm a little little worked up about that, that I have friends that are just like, they, they don't even know what to do. They're getting fucking robbed at this place. They're getting literally robbed at a gas station, and nobody even needs to stick a gun in their face. That used to be the worry. When you went to a gas station at any time by yourself, usually late at night, the worry was somebody is going to stick me up at the pump for everything that I have. But right now, it's literally just you're you're just you, they're just draining you. It's the gas companies that are just draining you. And then there's a guy behind the counter who you would love to complain to, like, "Hey, Sid," and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He just wants you to, hey, you want to buy Swedish berries? Do you want cigarettes, coffee, or tea? That's what they always say, coffee or tea? No, uh, can I, do you have any Jack Daniels in that coffee? Because I think I need some after literally spending my child's tuition on some premium. No, but the masks are off, and I'm very happy that the masks are off. To tell you the truth, like I'm, I am, I'm elated in a lot of ways, and and I'm so excited that I actually on on Monday when they were lifted, I decided to celebrate. I um, decided that I would really go into this with a bang because this is really the first post-COVID feeling that a lot of people in Ontario and a lot of people in Canada have felt in in two years. This is really like the an event that almost signifies the end of this whole thing, even though it's not really the end. So I decided to celebrate. I uh, put red food coloring under my eyes and in my ears and a little under my nose. And uh, I put a little bit of makeup. Don't ask me why I have it. <laughs> just it's, I, I moonlight everybody. No, but I put some makeup over my face just to make it look a little more like pale. And uh, then I walked into a shopper's drug mart like a zombie. And I just, I, I burst right through the door looking like I'm bleeding all over through every orifice. And I just went, what is happening to me? I went up to the freezer. Like, Don't drink the Dasani. Look at me. 
And then I went right up to the top level to go up and into the clinic. And I started harassing those people. Like, where is Dr. Where is Dr. Bernstein? You said that this Viagra would make me feel good. And then I just, I keeled over right there on the floor. It's what it was. It's acting, everybody. No, then I, uh, I went back downstairs after the prank was over, and then I coughed in an elderly woman's face. Just, you know, like, remember the old times. And then we made out vigorously. She was into it. Of course, that was all a distraction. I just needed to grab my Rogaine, put it under my jacket, and get the fuck out of there. Whatever. I'm so glad I have ice for my Coke Zero this time. I didn't last last episode, and literally something was off. I really did feel like something was out of order. I was just drinking it bare, and it just tasted weird. Coke Zero, I, I guess it just has this innately weird taste, though. I mean, it's 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 a level removed from Diet Coke. Diet Coke's fucked up enough, but here I got the, the Coke Zero, where I literally believe that they're just trying to poison you. I don't know. Not everybody's happy about this mask stuff, though. Not everybody's happy that they're being lifted. You still have people that are wearing the mask, which I'm, I'm not going to judge you if you're still wearing the mask. I don't give a shit if you're still doing it. Um, double maskers, however, I mean, get over yourselves. I was in a comedy club last Saturday with a bunch of people. Nobody was wearing their masks. People were kind of filing out. It was the end of, end of the night, close to closing time. And this guy comes in. He comes in not wearing the mask. Like, his face was fully visible. And then he pulls out two masks and just puts them on and sits down at a booth table with people. And you're going, there's nothing about this that really makes sense anymore. There's nothing about this. I have a feeling that it's just, and my, my dad said this perfectly the other day. He said that, the mask is now, and my dad was very pro-mask. He got the vaccine. He did all this. He was by no means like a COVID truther or anything like that. But he, he's gone now. It's The mask is now going to serve as a badge where you can literally tell how people are feeling and what's going on in their mind right away. And, it, it, and I'm not even going to be that dramatic. I'm not going to be, you know, if I see a person who's wearing the mask alone in their car with the windows shut, I'm not going to say you're out of your mind. That's unfair. I'm not going to call you crazy or anything. But I am going to say that, oh, you're struggling. You're struggling with something right now, whether it's anxiety over COVID, whether it's this sort of paranoia over germs, whatever it is, you're definitely having a go. It's what it is. It is what it is. And not everybody's, again, not everybody is happy about the mask being lifted. I mean, I, I read uh, there was a high school. I don't know if it was in Toronto, but it was somewhere in Ontario. Just this, you know, very bland, probably suburban high school. There's no high schools in the inner cities that are protesting fucking mask mandates. I think they have problems that go far beyond just a piece of fabric over your face. But it was probably just some spoiled suburban high school. And uh, they were protesting. These kids didn't want the mass mandates lifted. These were fucking kids. These were kids. They didn't want that happening. When, when I was a teenager, nobody was protesting really anything 
of that kind. High school was crazy enough. I know I said last episode, if you were listening, high school's boring. High school can be very boring. It can be very, you're just sitting in class again, fur trade discussions. I don't know. You just want to learn about the guy who went to the fucking moon. Like, you're just sitting there just kind of wasting the day away. But then there's other crazy shit that happened. I mean, I went to a, like, my high school was dilapidated. My high school was dilapidated. It was like a fucking, you would think it was like downtown Detroit. It was just, it was falling apart bit by bit. It was underfunded. We were trying to get a new building, I remember. We would do all these fundraisers. We would do like a a race thing, like a relay shit. We would do bake sales. We would have this like party out in the springtime with a barbecue and a bunch of kids throwing water balloons at each other. It It was a whole ordeal. Every now and then, I don't know, somebody put something hard in the water balloon and throw it at somebody and fucking, I don't know, that was a thing. There was this thing called Culture Fest that we would do, which was supposed to be every student celebrating their own culture, and we would have our own pavilions. There would be the Arab pavilion, the Mexican pavilion, the uh, Polish pavilion, the Ukrainian pavilion. They, they would put the Ukrainians next to the Russians. That was a little little much, a little, little bit of tension in the gymnasium. But then it would just it would just culminate in just a fight between the Irish and the Italian kids where just it would just be the two of them arguing about fucking soccer. None of them have ever been to a soccer game, by the way. The Italians would be throwing old they'd be throwing like old pasta forks and shit at them and then the Irish kids would just they would just throw, "Hey, here here's the Kalanapin that I've been on since 1994." You know, because my family's neurotic and depressed. They would just play mind games with you. Just to fuck you over. They would just confuse the Italian kids. The Italian kids would be like, yo, we won the World Cup in 2006, bro. Yo, we won the World Cup. The Irish would be just be like, yeah, okay, well, fuck the World Cup. We, we, we were in the Civil War. Fuck, fuck your World Cup troubles. Did you ever hear about the, the troubles? That's what we were dealing with. Here's an example of how fucked up my school was. It was a Friday in, I think, grade 10. I was in photography class, and the power went out. The lights, the air conditioning, everything. Kids were having anxiety attacks. Like, it was just this wild thing. My photography teacher comes in and says, you guys have the rest of the day off. Enjoy, or whatever. We didn't realize that, because we were in class, we didn't realize that the cafeteria was having a literal riot. The lights were out. There were kids stealing money from the cash register. They were emptying everything. They were taking fucking frozen pizza slices and just eating them down the hall. There was a guy who emptied a garbage can. A kid stood up onto one of the tables in the cafeteria with the garbage can and heaves it at this chick's head. She ended up going to the hospital because of that. Fridays are not for everybody. That's my point. But Saturdays have been known to pick up. But that's how crazy it was. You just, you know, there was just chaos happening around us, and we didn't know what to do. I don't know. There's a lot of crazy high school memories, man. That's always the thing that you cherish in life. Like it doesn't matter how old you get. I'm 30 now. I keep mentioning always that I'm 30. I'm very proud that I'm I've made it this far. I didn't think I was going to make it. 
No, I, I kind of did. I, uh, I haven't really had it that tough. You always hear like those rappers who are just like, like guys like T.I. who are going like, I didn't think that I'd make it past my 18th birthday. But time has passed expeditiously. He, he uses such... The guy's got one hell of a vocabulary for, for like a trap rapper. No, it's, it's wild like looking back. I had a teacher, and I, I always wonder what he used to... I, I always wonder what he's still up to. His name was uh, Mr. Spaz. He was my English teacher. Uh, grades 9 through 11, and then after that I didn't have him. But he was he was one of the most interesting people I think I've ever met. He would always talk with his hands, like he would always like kind of like his hand would be like at his like at his shoulder level, and then he would raise it as intense as he. The more intense the lecture got, he would just go. He would start, and he would speak in this very sort of soft way. He'd be like, "Okay, class, today we're going to open our textbooks, and we are going to we are going to talk about the Great Depression." And his hands would go up as soon as, like, as his tone of voice would raise, his hand would go up, like, higher. Have you guys ever read The Grapes of Red? And then he would, he would do, like, this twist where he would point. I wish I had a camera. But he would do this twist where he would stand in one spot, and he would raise his hands up and high. But when it got super intense, he would point his finger out and twist at his side, and he would just go, okay, and he would point out, Mr. Spat, like, he was terrific. Fucking missed that guy. I want to write a character that's, like, based off of him. If I could ever find him, I don't know, he seemed like he was in a band, too. He played bass. They filmed a music video in the high school gymnasium. This was before my time, but I just remember he was an eccentric character, and I love that bastard. You can tell he was definitely around for a protest or two himself back in the day. I don't know. Like high school high school kids, they just seem like pussies compared to what we used to have. High school kids used to not give a shit. They were sociopaths. I, I suppose they still are based on the stories that I've heard today where they can be cruel. But they were they High school students in my era were reasonably cruel. They were crazy. They could do fucked up shit, but they were reasonably sociopathic. And my parents didn't know how to deal with them. I remember I, uh, I remember in grade 10, a group of kids in science class approached me to have a party at my house. They just knew that I wasn't, I, I wasn't like a baited out kid. I wasn't going to cause too much trouble. I probably said yes easily. I was agreeable, which I was. I, I needed to learn to stand up for myself a little more. But they came back. As the teacher left the room, one of the kids came back to my table, to my desk, and said, yo, man, yo, man, do you want to throw down this weekend? Yo, we're looking for a place to throw down. Throw down was old lingo in the aughts, which meant we're going to party, we're going to do this. If you hear a guy now in 2022 say, yo, I'm going to throw down, he definitely just stabbed a person at a bus station. But these kids, they wanted to have a party in my house, and I was so excited. I'm like, holy shit. And I remember the walk home that day. I'm like, I'm planning out my future. I'm just like, oh, man, I'm going to be popular after this. I'm going to throw a party. I'm going to spend all summer banging cheerleaders. It's going to be the shit, man. And then I'm going to arrive in grade 11. I'm going to be a new 
fully formed adult man. I was 16. So I get home. This is like on a Wednesday. And I say, hey, mom, can I have a party this weekend? Can I uh, just like 10 or 15 people? And my mom was just so elated to hear that I was having people over the house. She was like, yeah, sure. Have as many as you want. Like this and that. She was just like, because I, I, I didn't, I wasn't a popular guy. So she was just elated. So I remember Friday night hits. It is just a melee down there. There's like 30 kids. It's like the cast of Mean Girls is in my home. It didn't take, it took, it took a minute for the chips to be knocked over. I had the nice sweet chili heat Doritos sitting right there for people, people's disposal. And they were just wasted. And I'm not eating floor chips, so I remember I just picked them up and put them in a garbage bag, this and that. I had a full playlist of Ice Cube on. Nobody was feeling it. This girl came up to me. She was like, she wanted the she wanted the music of the current time. She was like, hey, can you play two-step by DJ Unk? I'm like, this is death certificate and you're gonna like it. No, no, then I remember the next day. No, no. So my mom in the middle of this, after about two hours of just kids screaming and throwing shit and whatever, she comes down and she sees that first bottleneck poking out of some chick's fat farm purse. And she says, that's it, everybody out, everybody out. You guys are drinking, get the fuck out. I, I don't know, I guess they didn't suspect that we were drinking. <laughs> I don't know how they didn't, but it is what it is. She, she, as soon as she discovered that people were drinking, she just fucking kicked everybody out of the house. So now things have gone downhill for me because people are pissed off. The whole next day, I'm cleaning the basement, picking shit up, all the sweet chili heat Doritos that I missed the night before. And I remember I'm getting text messages from people, fuck you, man, you're never going to bang a cheerleader now. Like just They're really, really driving it home that I, I shit the bed. And all I hear from my mom is she yells down and she goes, Alex, where's the video camera? I run upstairs. It turns out the video camera's gone. It was stolen out of the closet. And my mom is pissed. And I remember <laughs> she phones my dad and tells him. And this, is, this just gives you an idea of the temperament that my father had. My father was a brilliant, very kind, intelligent man, but he has an edge to him. He grew up in the 1970s. He's from an Irish Catholic family. Grew up in the 1970s. That's all you need to know. So he gets on the phone. My mom starts telling him, oh yeah, no, he the, the camera's missing. He had this party. There was all kinds of shit. My dad puts me on the phone and he says, Alex, I want you to listen to me and I want you to listen very carefully. I'm like, I'm like a secret agent being briefed here. I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen. Not a pencil, a pen. We have to be serious now. I want you to write down the first and last names of every child, not every kid, not every teenager, every child that was at that party last night. I want you to write their phone numbers and get their addresses. And this was the fucking cherry on top of it. He goes, and I want the names of their dads. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. I remember my mom gets on the phone after him. Matthew, he still has two more years of high school, you do not want to do this to him, okay? We're going to call the police. We're going to file a report. We're going to do whatever, but you can't just go. I don't know what he was thinking. I, didn't, I don't know if he was 
Because I remember Sopranos ended that year, and he probably just wanted to keep the legacy going, so he just wanted to be like Polly Walnuts and start knocking on people's doors. Wait, you got the fucking video camera? You got the fucking video camera? And I feel, I feel terrible about this now. But it is what it is. And, uh, yeah. So it took a while to regain my parents' trust and even let one or two people into the house. But it is what it is. I want to talk about this movie that I saw before I go. Uh, it's called X. It's directed by a guy named Ty West. Came out last Friday. It is an A24 horror movie. It's about 90 minutes, 100 minutes long, something like that. And it is spectacular. It's my favorite thing that I've seen in a while. It was great to be back in the movie theater. I mean, I saw the Batman and that was cool, but I it was great to enjoy a film as much as I did the other night, um, like X, in the movie theater. I was just having so much fun. It's basically about this porn crew in the 1970s. They rent out this old house in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of rural Texas, that's owned by this elderly conservative family. And they rent out this house basically to film a porno. And Kid Cuddy's in it. It's great to see him actually having sex instead of, you know, writing music for people that are deprived of sex. But it is, uh, it is fucking great. And um, anyways, this conservative couple, they're super religious, super Christian. They find out what they're filming in this house, and that's when the horror ensues. And uh, just a really well-made, very fun, subtle, I say that again, subtle horror movie. There's a message in the film, I guess, about sexual repression and, and the sort of duality between the two generations, one that's very pro-sex and one that's very conservative with sex. And it's, it's just fun. You, you don't, it doesn't hit you over the head with the message. There's no, there's no lines in the middle. Of, there's no line of dialogue and no monologue in the film where it's just like, and men have no right to tell us what we can and cannot fuck. Like, there's none of that. It is just subtle message you like it you're going to enjoy it um it felt like psycho it felt like a bunch of like the old school slasher movies but it, it was psycho there's a hint of psycho in that movie you can definitely tell really creepy imagery some really fucking crazy scenes tarantino s gore yeah no i i thought it was uh yeah one of the better horror movies that i've seen and one of the uh more fun moments i've had of the movies in quite a while so I, I I can't wait. A24 rules, man. Like everything from Moonlight to the Florida Project, Good Time, Uncut Gems, The Lighthouse, they're hitting it out of the park. And this is just another one that I'm I'm probably going to add to my uh savantly massive Blu-ray collection. Yeah, but definitely a good movie. Definitely de- definitely a good movie. Definitely a good movie. Something's Odd Podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Alex DeWitt, 15, whatever it is on Twitter. Something's Off, Alex DeWitt on Instagram. Get me on TikTok, all that shit. And uh, take it easy.